Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Episode 157 of Another Woodshop Podcast, your perfect place for all of your relationship advice. That is, if you're only interested in working your own wood. What is up, everyone? This episode of AWP brought to you by Dr. Porkenheimer's Boner Juice. <laughs> Boner Juice. No, uh, Did you guys get together and coordinate that? No, but this is great. No, it's, it is, this is fantastic yeah. stuff. No, big thanks to uh, Dr. Porkenheimer's. No, big thanks to our, our VIP patrons. Actually, all of our patrons. You guys are amazing. But special thanks to our VIP patrons. Like, That's Alex Copa-Johns, Bill Burkle, Daniel Bryson, Justin with Calvary Customs, Christian Tongue, Malcolm at Bossanova Woodworks, Matthew Hoff, Matt Maynard, Max and Mindy Coons, Michael Flickinger, Michael Lydon, Square Splinter, Steve Iadarola. Wow. And that's everyone. Wow. Do you know what I love about our VIP patrons? Well, list one of the yes. things that we love about them. Go. Just one. Yeah, the, one the- their immense VIPness. They're they're they want to show off their VIPness. Yes, Doctor Porkenheimer's do Boner Juice by being read love it off at the top of the show. Yes, that's right. Love yeah, it. if you want to show right. off your VIPness. Uh, make sure to uh, be a VIP patron. Thank you for enunciating so there's no confusion as to what you're referring to. Oh, there VIP was Dong. <laughs> Deputy Dong? V- VIP said? Dong. Oh, <laughs> Deputy Dong. Deputy Dong. Um, That's my favorite that cartoon the, uh, from when I was a kid, Deputy yeah. Dong. <laughs> Deputy Dong, so good. Favorite hall pass monitor at my school, <laughs> middle school, Deputy he Dong. He shot the uh, sheriff, but he didn't shoot the Deputy, Deputy Dong. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not a great version of that. <laughs> that's what all the, I have to say to that is. Oh my God! Who the hell cares? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Dan. More work. No, 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 no. Uh, we. It's, it's a fine. good one. It's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. We're not gonna. Fine. We're not gonna. Yeah, it's fine. Dan loves when that happens. Dan loves audio effects, <sighs> and he's gonna love this. What's up, my bitch? Wow! No Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, are we already there? Well, I we feel can... like we're missing something. Yeah. Don't, Is there something don't we missing? usually interview like a guest at this point? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Tell me about you. Dan's background. You're new here, Doctor. Hey, Doctor Porkheimer. <laughs> when did you get started in boner juice medications? Was uh, it hard? Anyway, was it hard <laughs> to get into the boner juice world? I'm gonna. I'm gonna need you to replay the the sound effect. How was the stiff competition? Okay. <laughs> oh God! Oh. I, uh, no one knows what it means, but it's provocative. <laughs> you don't have to play it. I mean, you don't have to put it in there, Dan. I don't. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. It could just be yeah, silence either. and us laughing yeah, afterwards. Just <laughs> us laughing, giggling. Uh, uh, I think it's a great idea. I think we just leave it out. Uh, Dan, what's on your bench? Dan, that's you. Oh, Dan. I'm first. Dan um, reads his. What's on a bench? I don't read. I don't read. I don't take notes. And we have I'm, I do this all off the cuff, you guys. That's how pro I am. I do this all on the fly, which is probably why you guys have a bigger what's on my bench than me usually. This is anyway, what stalling looks like. Joseph stalling. Um, Uncle. Is that, 
Is it too soon for that reference? I'm sorry. Papa? Um, so last week, the day after we recorded, uh, so that'd be Friday, I delivered the daybed porch swing. And <laughs> <laughs> look, if you don't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you don't get that, and you should. It's great. You're a bozo. <laughs> Mike's rendition of that is actually pretty good. It makes me go like a school girl every time. Um, yeah, I delivered that, and it turned out amazing. I'm super, super proud of that. Um, I would like to make more, so I'm just going to throw that out in the universe. <laughs> Hit me up. I need money. Um, no, yeah, that turned out really good. Uh, the client actually just sent me some finished pictures today. It was finished, but they didn't have, like – their finishing touches on it. They put pillows and blankets and stuff on it. It looked really good. Uh, so I posted those today and it, it just, it really came out great. I'm really super proud of it. Um, and then, uh, you know, Etsy always keeps me busy. Although I was just talking to Pete before the podcast started and sales are a little down. I'm a little nervous. I literally said this last week that this is a quiet time of the year for a lot of people. And he's correct. He's correct. It is. It is a quiet time. Um, I only had like 45 orders last week, which is probably a good amount for a lot of people. But I've come to rely on getting 70, 75, 80 a week. And, you know, when you're kind of used to that and you got uh, somebody working with you and you're trying to take care of everything, it, it gets a little concerning. So... I've been doing everything I can to boost sales and run ads and what whatever. So tune tune in next week to see how that's going. I also developed a new table, like a little narrow, like apartment size table today. I feel like that's a that's a pretty good market to tap into, like furniture wise, like apartment sized or small space saving size stuff so i'm gonna kind of go after that easier to ship yeah easier to ship plus i feel like a lot of people would be interested in that stuff so i yeah i made this uh little narrow table that's pretty stylish i whipped it out on the cnc i put it together it was took me like 30 minutes total it was it was fun and i made it out of mahogany which has become like one of my new favorite woods to work with it is just So 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 gorgeous it's like buttery and gorgeous. It's buttery and, and, and I love the grain in it. It's so ribbony. And when you put finish on it, like an oil-based finish, it just really comes to life like walnut does. So, um, yeah, I made that. It's If you want one, go buy one, please. <laughs> My kids need to eat. Um, I think that's it. It's just It's just been another standard week. Oh, I will say this. My wife and kids are out of school. For the summer. So that's fun. That's Sweet. that's exciting. That Shop helpers. <laughs> no. Put them to uh, work. That's not happening. Trick them but I did, I did change the, uh, the work hours in my shop from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Because I want to sleep in a little longer. Oh, I uh, thought you were just working for one hour every morning and that's it. No, Jesus, <laughs> no. No, I told Which Isaiah, I was like, Isaiah, dude, it's officially summer, so like nobody's waking up. Yeah, we're just so. going to get one hour done, and then that's it. Call it a day, dude, you got to go home. <laughs> Instead of starting at 8, we're starting at 9, because, you know, summer, and I need a little reprieve, so that's what we're doing. Um, I think we're going to go camping next week. 
which I we haven't done. You we used haven't, to camp. yeah, we haven't done oh. that. We haven't done that all year. So, so we usually long. go. We usually go like the day after Memorial Day because Memorial Day weekend at parks is stupid busy. So we always go the Tuesday after because there's nobody <laughs> there and it's fantastic. So that's what we're doing. We're gonna go camping Tuesday, Wednesday, possibly Thursday. And basically taking the whole week off next week because Isaiah's going down to Florida to look for places to live. He's moving away from me. So. That's illegal. He's out again, huh? Mm. Uh, the ocean calls him, so he needs to go down there. His lease, his lease in his apartment is up in September. So does he know that Nebraska is septuply landlocked? Only state or whatever? The, are you just throwing out words that no, sound well, smart? Uh, it's contingent on the ocean. That's all I know. Munchausenly landlocked. <laughs> no, I showed him. I showed him some of the big lakes around here, and he's like, "No, that's not good enough." I'm like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Just afraid Loser. of a good. Uh, he's afraid of a big wave. That's all yeah. it is. No, I think he. Beach I house. think he wants a big wave. That's the problem. Anyway, Mike, what's up with you? Um, released a YouTube video last weekend, mm. and it's the best performing YouTube video I've had. I'm so excited about it, and like, it's crazy how that works. That video is doing well. Yeah, I've been so excited about YouTube for months, but this felt really good. That one, like, the energy was good. Everything about. Do you it have any good. idea why that that resonated with your viewers? You know what's really weird. You know, it's re- well. I think because I had high energy. I think it was concise. A lot of information delivered quickly in a high energy it was. way. That, that that's true. But but, but like. You know what's so weird about that one? Um, and someone wrote in one time and was like, oh, YouTube talk. If you don't like it, I don't care. Like, tough. This is my show. So I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about on here. So someone like wrote in and was like, I don't know. YouTube talk. Anyway, I'm excited about YouTube. So pound, pound sand. But the, uh, the, um, the, the, the metrics were so weird. 40% of the views came from Google search. I've I've never I like was talking to people in my like YouTube groups I'm in and like no one's like everyone's like I've never seen that forty percent of the sub to twenty thousand views were from Google search so I don't know if I got lucky and nailed the keywords and SEO right and people were just looking up C and C yeah uh and we're getting that video first but I was there's, getting I mean the, the traffic was insane I, that's I'll crazy because there's now. so many other C and C videos out there you'd think that right I. Wow. I don't know if it's because I hit the right time or what, but the, the analytics on it were it just nuts, goes so. to prove that you have no idea how this works. Right. And um, so that was great. And uh, I don't know if that's pushing a bunch of traffic to other stuff, but other videos are doing really well, too. So um, that's really cool. Um, I got a big <laughs> lathe last week. Like, Ooh. it is huge. Uh, huge lathe. It's You're going it to turn has- a lot of bats? Uh, I'm probably gonna do a lot of bowls, and it'll just be for me. Like it won't be for the business. It's just gonna be for me. I mean, Sean knows how to turn. Like Sean, I've I've had to like male male cows. Yes, yes. I love the look of a bovine on the shelf, you know. And you just can't get them to come out right unless you turn them. You ever turn a ribeye bowl? Uh, I got nipples, fucker. You turn me. <laughs> um, That's a great uh, Dunder Mifflin joke. <laughs> Classic Dunder. DM J. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, it, I'm really excited about that. But Sean, I've had to have Sean like turn some stuff for the company, like on his at home on his lathes, and now we can have one for him to do that there. But I'm gonna, um, we're gonna do a video on Sean teaching me how to turn, which is really cool. So that'll be like, I'll be. The, if there's uh, not a lot of yelling, I'm not, I'm not gonna watch. 
I want to. I want. I have an idea for the thumb, and like the final shot. It's like I'm taking like a huge log <clears throat> and I turn it down to a pin, <laughs> but I'm like the last shot is it's panning out and like I'm covered up to like my nipples and like sawdust shavings and Which like is all like I take is the pin off. Your dust collector. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like I like take the pin off and I like walk away, but I'm not wearing pants or underwear. It's just my butt cheeks, <laughs> and I walk out of the pile of sawdust, and that's the final shot in the video. Just assless chaps. I love it, but that's yeah, very Pat Lappish. I well, Pete, Pete, Peter was like, I'm not filming that, dude. I'm not filming that. I was like, all right, fine. He he, like Peter's all like, I got standards. <laughs> yeah, Peter's like, we're not putting I that would on the film that. Look fine. I guess we know who's a better Peter, huh? Uh, yeah, the Peter off. I'm not afraid of other Peters, <laughs> unlike him. <laughs> we should have a real Peter uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> um,. I designed this base at the Festool furniture build-off, and I've been using the base on different things and applying it to different stuff with different splays and different variations and stuff. <clears throat> and I, I, I had this. I have this. Beaut- the slab is beautiful, like the grain is beautiful, but the slab shape is really ugly. And I almost cut it down and like just cut off all the live edge and got whatever lumber I could get out of it because it really is just such a weird shape. So I started building this base for it, and it just. It's a reminder that like what you see in your head and what happens in reality is oh. oftentimes not the same thing. Yes. Like it looked horrible. Like I put this, <laughs> this base on this slab and I'm like, oh God, this is, this is super bad. Like this looks terrible. <laughs> like I, I, uh, I took the base apart. I threw it in the trash pile, but it was, uh, it was ugly, man. It was super ugly. So like I even like, I, I don't know. I drew it out and I, I was so frustrated at how bad and how ugly it was that I like had to sit down because I've been wanting to do a modern Adirondack chair design without like looking at any other Adirondack chairs. So I finally designed one and um, it's sick. It looks, uh, it looks very modern. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start, we're going to do a video on that too. So I'm really excited about the look what? of it. It looks really cool. So I made a, I made a quote unquote Adirondack chair recently. I got plans from April, April, April Wilkerson. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. defines an Adirondack chair? I have no idea. I don't either. So when I posted that chair that. to, when I posted it to Reddit, they were all like, well, it's not an Adirondack chair. I wouldn't call it an Adirondack chair. I'm like, what What defines? Yeah, Does I anybody know? I don't know, but I'm I'm currently doing show notes, and apparently I can't spell Adirondack. Just A-D-I-R-O-N-D-A-C-K. There's a secret I in there. I just texted you guys the design of the Adirondack chair. but um, A-D-I-R-O-N. Yeah, A-D-I-R-O-N. So... Anyway, let's just start making that. Um, I'm going to do a video on that and have fun with that. So um, what else we got going on? Oh, had a – it got like so busy. Like January was kind – like December was crazy. Like the end of last year was nuts. And then January was <clears throat> kind of busy. And then February, March, April was slow. And I was like, oh, this is scary. Remember you like, fired all your staff. This is, this is scary slow. I was uh, – I mean, luckily I had kept a lot of money in the bank account and – um but I was like, ooh, this is getting real slow. <laughs> uh oh, like my my funny money's starting to get get thin. But then I don't know what just happened. Like I had a huge job come up, and then I accepted it, and then a million projects have come up. It's just been insane. Like I'm booked out so far again now. So I mean, it did this last year, but I guess maybe with more overhead, it's a lot more scary. I don't know. But um, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I got a bunch of projects coming in. We did a um, I designed this. You know those like label printers those four by six label printers yeah. we all have for shipping. I've got a few of those. I designed a little shelf for it on the laser. 
Um, that, so, cause I have a few of them like stacked for different things. I have, I have one that does four by sixes, one that does two by twos, and then one does one by twos. Oh, um, so they all look at you, Mr. So Moneybags have three different printers where you don't have to no switch them out. Big flex. Yeah. I, I, well, I, it's just so much faster for like shipping to some of these big companies. But anyway, we, I made a tower for all three of them cause they were like taking, you know, they, they're all sitting on the desk. They're taking up so much space. So I just stacked them. Especially with the paper made, behind like, them. They take the up paper. so much space. It's so much space. Yeah. So I, I made a tower to hold the printers and I made a tower behind them to hold the paper and it takes up like so much less space. Anyway, it was a fun little like laser design. It was cool. Um, had a good time with that. And uh, I'm working on this um, this desk right now. My desk, I am in love with this desk. I cannot wait for my me to finish this desk. It's going to look so sexy when it's done. That reminds we're filming me. That. I'll throw it to you next. Oh, We're, we're filming that back video to Dan. on... I always, get remind, I always get reminded. Mike, I, I, can I we just start going notes. forward? Dan goes last because otherwise he'll forget. All right, you got it. So you can remember yeah. all this stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you guys have um, me go first. What the heck? Bozos. Straight up bozos. Um, and then, oh, fun tip. This is something I've done before. Uh, when you're making signs, like 3D signs where you have letters you're carving out, um, use the same vector that you use to cut out the letters out of wood. To make well, if you have a laser, like a stencil. So, I mean, if you have a laser, yeah, to make your stencil for it. So I did this. This is how I've done them in the past, but it just makes things go so quick and easy because you just lay it down, and it has your perfect stencil for laying in your parts, yep. and everything's perfectly laid out. So so nice. Doing some signs for a coffee shop right now, and there are there are some sexy looking signs too. They're gonna be cool. They requested walnut that is ebonized. I was like, why don't we just use any other wood? They're like, we want it to be walnut. <laughs> It's like, all right. I had somebody do that with for those C tables that I make. Yeah. It's like, whatever you want. We'll yeah. make it however you want. You're paying the same price. Yeah. If you're paying for it, it, I'll so. do whatever you want. Do it up. You want, you want me to do it with pants <laughs> I'll off? I'll do anything you want. I'll do anything do for it. money. <laughs> <laughs> and then a very big opportunity came across this week for um, a very big job that I'm very, very hopeful for. And man, it would be so sick. <laughs> so, um, Working on that job, and it's going to be the new Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. It's actually called the Frankenmobile. Oh, now that and is true. That's what we're going to be making. We're doing a Bent Lamb Frankenmobile for Oscar Mayer. I thought, did I tell you guys in the group? I think no. So, yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Coffee Custom Builds is doing the Oscar Mayer Frankenmobile, the new one. It's a full Bent Lamb. That's Osage Orange for the Wiener. I mean, the Franken. <laughs> and then we're doing uh, Bloodwood for the uh, logoing. Um, and the veins. And they requested. And the veins. Yeah, the, ve- the veiny, the veiny Franks. <laughs> and because it's a, it's a long haul engine, so they call it the Frank further. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the veins are uh, blue, stein, blue stained pine. Speed veins. <laughs> <laughs> beetle kill beetle kill pine. beetle kill beetle kill pine it's uh we have to cut out very specific parts of the pine it's very weird um no yes not you can that. go really fast <laughs> for 10 to 15 minutes tops yes yeah, and then you about two hours not. to recharge sadly it's not the oscar meyer frankenmobile <laughs> that's uh that would be nice i'd love to have my name tagged to that project <laughs> yes that's it who wouldn't Honestly. Dan, back to you. <laughs> uh, I, oh, yeah. I was going to 
mention something. Oh, you said desk. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow I'm actually headed to a local doctor's office. They want a whole new like reception desk. Uh, so I'm going to go there and meet with them and, and write up something and give them a quote. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. This could be a, a pretty I'm doing a reception desk. Pretty big project. So that's good, dude. Yeah. I'm excited. This one is crazy because we have to do ours. The one we're doing, it's all out of maple ply. It's really? Gross. The whole thing. Well, it's really super ultra modern. It looks like. Um, they want. This know. This place wants a quartz top. Nice. You're not supplying that, though. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what don't, I can pull out of my just, rear end. Just don't, don't, please. You know, don't do it. Fi- find yeah, just don't do it. I'll probably like, sub, yeah, it sub it out. I'll sub it out. Man, that's. I don't know. I don't know. It, it all remains up in the air. I'm going to go and talk to him tomorrow and uh, meet with him and do a little job walk. So that's exciting. I'm excited about that. That is exciting. Anyway, that goes well, I'm sorry. Man. Pete can go now. It's my turn. I hey. suppose. It um, is your birthday week. It is my birthday week. You I'm... look great for 62. Thank you. Uh, I'm celebrating my anniversary of 30. Uh, my fifth anniversary of 30. It's great. Mm. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I get to check off a new box now that when I fill out forms, it's 35 to 45 or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I had my birthday yesterday. It was super fun. Um, I worked and then I just relaxed. So, it was yeah, it was hella lame. But this weekend I get to uh, do fun stuff. Uh, aside from that, I did, um, I did something I was neglecting yesterday. So, like, I ignored my to-do list and did stuff I wanted to do for, like, weeks now, which mm. was, and this is going to sound super lame, but... I did print 3D printer maintenance. I fixed one of my Prusas because I was just like, I just want to tinker. That sounds like super. I know, I know. But it's something, it's one of those things where like, you know, when you have a to-do list of important stuff and you ignore (laughs) it and do other semi-important stuff and justify it in your brain to like, well, I'm still doing important things. It's just not the thing that I need to redo. That was basically that. I just ignored all the important stuff. I'm like, hey, let me like do some maintenance. Let me just hang out. Let me watch some TV and do this. So Anyways, got two of my printers fixed up, so I'm back to 100%. Uh, we're prepping for a, and I can officially say this today out loud, uh, because apparently some of, so Emma teaches at The a, end of the world. Uh, no, Emma teaches at a uh, oh. dance school. Apparently some of the dads are woodworkers, and they listen to this podcast. So now I can oh. officially just say that, like, Emma's retiring. She's done. She's done teaching those little great balls of joy. Um, <laughs> that's my nickname too. Yeah, exactly. So the the thing that's is though, uh, Emma invited all the company kids and the staff, and it's like sixty to eighty, maybe plus people that got invited. So hmm. far, we have about fifty that are SVPDS. Uh, to and our Mike got an invite, and I didn't. Yeah, Mike's coming too. He's flying in for it. So we have this like yeah. mega barbecue that like. I wasn't really 100% ready for so I have to make a couple of things for it because um, like the last cornhole set I ended up selling off after I made it so we're going to make a new one and man if I, you only knew somebody who can make one real fast uh, actually uh, David Wirtz sent or he offered to send me the file for the CNC so I might just cut it out and uh, do that you, you that yeah I'll, I'll, uh, I'll message you Dan I'll have Emma message Kayla and then we'll connect. Okay, there we go. Okay, yeah, we'll have I'll have my people. Call Don't talk people. to me directly. Yeah, that's rude. <laughs> Who does that? Um, so yeah, we have this barbecue. <laughs> Went to Costco. I spent like a fortune on food. Um, that was super fun. <laughs> but I'm hoping that like not everyone shows up or not everyone eats all the stuff we got. And I just have 
like frozen burgers and hot dogs for the next like a giant bowl whole, of spinach dip. The, I just want a big hot dog bowl. <laughs> <laughs> just have a big. Old you eat hot a lot dog of hot bowl. dogs today? Okay. No, no. Why? Why? <laughs> you have mustard on your shirt. You reek of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from that, um, I'm finally done with all the like the landscaping stuff. That it was, it, it was finally warm enough to do some planting. So we put stuff in a garden. Uh, today I was working on. I, I put these like posts on the corners of my deck, and we ended up hanging these. Uh, they call them sun sails. So basically, it's oh. just big shade sails, big triangular shade sails. So I got one of them up today, and then tomorrow I got to put up the other one. But I, we got all the anchors and stuff, so <laughs> got to figure all that stuff out. What's it like having a yard that you're proud of? Uh, it's great. It's Is really it? nice. I was I, I was hosing off. I was hosing sawdust off my driveway today. <laughs> um, I'm that guy in the neighborhood. It's fine, but at least you made some friends, Dan. Mm, you know I what I'm know? talking about? Yeah, they think you're I famous on YouTube. If you don't know hey, what I'm talking about, listen to appreciate. I'm famous, <laughs> or she she thinks you have a YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> technically she didn't think you're famous she just assumed you had a youtube <laughs> you have youtube energy <laughs> she's not wrong that's like the most like legit insult in 2023 you have like youtube channel energy dan um aside from that i'm just getting everything prepped for the uh, mini split install i'm hoping to pour the pad this weekend uh and get that sucker in uh in the next few weeks. But the thing that's really slowing it down is we're also prepping a lot of stuff for, we have a vendor event in a week and three days. Every time you days? say prepping, I vision like a, a, a seller, a, a bunker. bunker. Yes. Yeah, a lot of pickled fish. Like pairing big giant cans yeah. of like pickled yeah, mushrooms. Cans. I or pickle oh, okay. my own dad jokes. Yeah. So they're stored on a shelf and I open one up every quarter and, and it, like a little joke comes out. Throw it at Emma's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a fart. That's all it is. It's a big old fart. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a vendor event in that we... <laughs> no, we... <laughs> that sound. Um, but yeah, we have that vendor event. I'm mostly stocked from the last one. I have enough stuff where I was like, all right, I'm not worried this time. But there's still a couple things I want to do. Uh, because I feel like I'm, I re- you I reminded me of something else. else. Yes, you helped Braden with his vendor event. That's nice. Um, but that's it. You just like a lot of like mini projects. No big commissions. Nothing going on. I don't have like fifteen tables to build like Mike or sell twenty thousand dollars this week like Dan on Etsy. I have a very lame week. Uh, and then uh, yeah, I just got drunk on my birthday. That's it. Dan, that's you have fun. something else? Yeah, I helped Braden from Little Bug Woodworking. I've uh, heard of him do a uh, craft fair that was fun he he asked me to come along as eye candy obviously you've seen me right fine piece of ass dan dunlap but i was uh i was charming af and i was a salesman and it went well we had fun it was exciting would you like to smell my rag (laughs) yes exactly and i got a chick-fil-a sandwich so it was all good it was all good that's it. Dope. That's it. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Good stuff, Dan. It's really good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I'm Great. happy to add that. <laughs> We're all happy for it. <laughs> uh, this next one. Well, actually, this is the first one, I guess. We're out of what's on our bench. Uh, that was a weird transition, but I'm going to make it more awkward by doing this. Bush. 
Anyway, the first question is from Tama. Uh, the first question is from Tama. This is a really great question. Finally, after a year of calling in. Just kidding, Tama, you're the best. Huh? And can you feel the French? Hey guys. Good jam. Let's talk about content making. I know we are all trying to please the great algorithm God, but here are my thoughts tonight. Aren't you afraid of losing the pleasure of making stuff because you have to film and share every every single thing you do in the shop? Also, I don't know if you have seen the last reel of Luke in the Garage where he jokes about, about stretching content. Don't you think we are doing ourselves by posting about anything? I feel like we are more posting for the sake of the algorithm to the detriment of quality. I mean, Eric Spensley made several reels on opening, opening a box and leveling a table. I have nothing against, against him, but can't we do all better? Sorry for the rant, I guess that's what you get when I rethink about a question. <laughs> Alright, bye guys. He's saying, is content becoming more about quantity than quality, basically? I mean... And then are you afraid of um, losing the passion, I guess, with having to keep up? Not at all. Let me let me first say this. Like if if you follow Luke in the garage because he brought up Luke in the garage and and how he's doing his whole series on how to uh, stretch out content. If you don't understand that what Luke is doing is completely satire you need to. I mean, Luke is a hilarious, hilarious guy. So he knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, back to the question. I don't worry about losing passion for content because I don't do what I do for content. Content is just secondary to what I do. Um, <clears throat> I'm still going to do, you know, woodworking and, and, and do my thing. So content is just secondary. I don't show everything that I do. I probably should, but I don't. Um, I don't, I just don't worry about it so much. There's just, I have enough worries in my life. I don't need to worry about, you know, how my IG is doing, how my YouTube's doing, how my TikTok is doing. It's just, it's not up there on the priority list. I do it when I have time or when I feel like it. Mike, what are your thoughts? I think that a couple of things. So I think last year and probably for a year before that, literally Instagram wanted you to put up content as much as you possibly could to grow. And I think they were really, the algorithm was really encouraging. Just like there was like, what was the trend? Like that's a real, that's a real. I think it was literally just like anything you could, as long as you were putting content on the algorithm and and fulfilling it that way, it was going to push you. And I think that everyone was quickly burned out on that. I know I am. I just don't. I'm like, almost wholly checked out on Instagram. It's like, I'm really just, Instagram is not, I love the community there, but it's like the content. I don't think I've posted this week, honestly. Like I don't, I don't think I have. And I don't really, I'm not stressing about it because honestly, I'm finding that when I, when I'm posting to post, I do, I I hate that. I now hate doing that. Like I feel like I'm doing it because I feel I have to. And now with the, with however it is right now, or I think it is, I feel like you're getting rewarded for keeping people on the platform, which means making better content. 
So now when I'm making better content, those videos are actually starting to hit. So I'm I'm just like, you know what? I'm only going to put up content when I've got something worth sharing on Instagram. And that's what I'm going to do. So, I mean, I'm still going to do stories as much as I can. But for Instagram content, I don't really want to do that. And then for YouTube, I mean, I'm not going to just post up YouTube videos. They're too hard to make. So for sure, they're going to be a value i'm I'm gonna try to make it a value proposition and try to make it something that's a value to the watcher so i think 100 percent that there are people just putting up stuff to put up stuff and i actually i really like eric spensley a lot he's a great guy but i and i just don't go on instagram so i don't even know what he's putting up to be honest so i can't speak to that but i really like eric spensley so where um but i don't think until ma was attacking him where did eric spensley come from he asked about the question Oh, did he? I thought he was talking about Luke in the garage. He did mention he Luke. Was. Oh, he, I didn't. He, said, he fl- uh, flipped in French for a little bit and then came back. So oh, I didn't hear him mention Eric. So I got to read that. Yeah, text. he said, I mean, Eric Spensley made several reels on opening a box and leveling a table. I have nothing <clears> against <throat> him, but we can, can we all, can't we all do better? Oh, um, I, I, I missed right. it. I, mean, I, mean, I thought he was talking about I mean, Luke. He wasn't earlier. Uh, this, he the, was. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all the same vein. I mean. It's all the same vein. And I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't care to watch a box up unopening. And I don't think anyone. But honestly, we call them let's unboxings. just call a spade what it is. Let's just call a spade what a spade. I mean, he got that. He probably got that from Harvey and he was obligated to make some content for them. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So he put some content out. We've all and, been there. Um, Yeah. And I mean, it's just like. It is yeah, what it is. I don't know. It's not great. I mean, try to make good content around it. Yeah, that's it's a good argument, Tomah. Pete, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm kind of in the camp of Mike right now with like, you know, we went on a vacation. I was just kind of reposting whatever. I just hit 100K and it was like 100K and like 500 subs, right? And like right now, you know, everyone's like, oh, I, I got my check mark and now my views are through the roof. I'm like, yeah, I'm paying for I'm my check mark. I, some people that are like, they're convinced that's what it is. Like, it's not some video popping off. It's like, no, I paid for it. Like, no, I am paying for it. And I am, I'm currently fighting to stay above 100K. I am 135 people away from dropping to 99K again. Because it's slipping backwards now. Now, I haven't really been posting a ton because like, I haven't been like working on any projects that I'm like really passionate about. I just want to throw some content out. And like Mike says, like, I'm not like, Instagram's not really making me feel it. Like I'm not like super excited about it right now. And I was really excited about the hundred K, but like I really wasn't seeing the views that I was wanting to see or the engagement. It was just like a real popping off, you know? And, um, I don't know. I just like right now I'm not super passionate about content, but yeah, I'm kind of focusing on it because like, I want to stay above the hundred K. Like honestly, if I was like, 103 like i wouldn't really care so much but like the fact that i'm gonna drop over this like threshold i'm kind of more paranoid about it as far as like you know what you do i think you know a lot of us like oh you get to a certain point and then you're like you don't care about content like no you know most of us are super self-conscious about what we post until we hit a certain milestone and then we feel like we can do whatever we want because we have an established um audience and that's what these guys are doing. They're just having fun with it now because they were finally feeling fully confident yeah. with their with their platform. And a lot of us don't. And some of us, like even going up to like 100K, still don't feel confident with our platform and feel like we have to curate our stuff. But like 
the people that are really just having fun are winning here. Like they're just having a good time. And yes, if you're trying to make money with it, obviously if you're trying to get brands on board, you need to kind of curate that a little bit, but like just have a good time with it. And yeah, burnout's a real thing. I think we all go through a little roller coaster rides. Sometimes we're loving it. Sometimes we hate it, you know? So I do want to say that I'm not, I love making content. Yeah. I just don't care about Instagram. Instagram is not rewarding to me right now. It's just not rewarding. It hasn't been for a very long time. And I'm actually doing well on Instagram right now. I just don't care. Like, it's not that. It's I'm trying to just enjoy it. Like, Instagram is going well for me right now, objectively. But I really don't. Um, I find that if I just make myself enjoy it, it's just better. Like, now, I'm happy with where I'm at on Instagram. I don't need to see a big number growth over there. Yes. Um, I just kind of want to do what I want to do over there. I want to, like, actually put out content that is of value. Yeah. Yep. And that's really what I want to do on, I'm not just going to throw stuff at the wall anymore. I just yeah. don't want to do it. It just I sucks to like it. go negative if you're not posting aggressively. Right. It's like, I think that's the problem with having, uh, hitting a milestone off the back of a single post doing well. It's tough because what happens is, start to especially if it's a post that isn't, well, it's a post that isn't necessary. It always this is why I don't want like you put up a lot of content that's kind of all over the place. Like you're not just like solid woodworking. Well, this isn't a dig. I know, but we've all got no, well, that. Pete, way Pete, let, let me yeah. let's, let me just say let me just say this. You you put you you post what you're doing, yeah. which is great. You should do that. You should do what you're doing because that's who you are and that's what you do. You but your content is not shoehorned into like woodworking. It's shoe, it's in these other things: digital fabrication, laser work. I think that one was you cutting foam literally if i'm one of those foam yeah right it's like something that's just and i would argue that that's a throwing content up kind of a situation and that's fine it did well so it's good this is not i promise you this is not a criticism the problem is is when you get what'd you get like nine million or some views some crazy bonkers number right it was like a huge number of views (laughs) yeah yeah 35 million views the problem is when you have that many people view a thing what no one's making foam cutting content that's the problem like when i had that yeah they see the thing they were interested and when you post something else they're like the rest of your content isn't that oh "Oh, this is this guy isn't just foam cutting (laughs) (laughs) i was here for the foam cutting content this is an exclusive foam cutting content (laughs) yeah it's like wood Oh, I, this is, I want foam. Oh, I got duped by big only. foam again. Yeah, we've all uh, seen that yeah, when we just, have a video pop off that, yeah, that, that does yeah, well, and like, then you post something else. If you're it's like, not, oh, there's the backslide. Yeah, they have their foam the number problem, one fingers to, like, to throw them in a the trash. I, I, th- I think like the problem with it is is when you're doing like for me now. That's why I don't want to just put whatever up. I'm yeah. trying to put stuff up that's like in line with what I'm doing, and that way that when I do have one hit. It's in line with what I'm doing, so there's no surprise for the new audience. I think that's all I'm trying to say with that. Yeah. Like when you have those videos go right, and that was like the whole culture of Instagram for a solid year was like, that's a real, that's a real, that's a real. Put up a real. Oh, you sipping some chocolate milk. That's a real. It's like yeah, super yeah. dumb stuff. And that, like that's my problem with it. Stuff. Like right now, I haven't really been posting a lot lately because I'm like, there's nothing that I'm working on that's like great content that I feel like I want to put out there. Like I had these videos pop off. Then don't. And yeah, you and shouldn't. I, and I'm I'm not putting out that much. But meanwhile, the number is sliding down. It's like, and I'm gonna hit 99k. I'm gonna slide back. Whatever. It it like it. I'm just gonna it's, yeah. I'm just gonna it's work fine. it back up over 100k, and then everyone was gonna yeah, be like, hey, congrats so on 100k. Like, yeah, thanks again. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks. Bottom guys. line is, just... bottom line is, we currently, I think all three of us, we post what we want when we yeah. want that makes us happy. Yeah. We don't worry yeah. about it so much. Um. Yes. This next and final question <laughs> is from. Well, uh, that's it. All tools. This is it. <laughs> yeah, this is it. I don't know if I should do. Uh, this you gonna make the robot thing. what read it? Should I? But I don't know if Dan can get that audio. I can. I I've done it before. Work, so. oh. I got you. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm gonna. It takes me so, several hours, but I can do it. Oh no! Then I'll read it. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's uh, a joke. Okay. But please <laughs> read it. Long chat GP right. joke. My question is related to cost analysis and the product development. Uh, how often do you review the actual cost for both new and existing products, considering factors like production and one-off custom items? How do these actual costs typically compare? Excuse me, typically compared to the estimated cost. I'm curious to learn about your experience and any strategies that you might employ to ensure accurate cost estimation estimations. Thank you and keep up the fantastic work. Dan, it, you evaluate. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Uh, questions like this make me feel like I'm failing as a business because I don't less do of a man. Of I don't do Fear any of those things. I don't run spreadsheets and do cost analysis or I'm just throwing wet noodles at the wall and seeing what sticks, y'all. Um, I'm just looking at my, my stats on Etsy and, and doing like a quick once over and being like, okay, that's working. That's not, I'm not doing anything, you know, crazy. Like what, what he's saying. So Pete, uh, well, we literally talked about this. What last week when, uh, Jake Miller called in with the economy question. Oh yeah, Um, we did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But like, you know, yeah, and and the answer was yeah. Once in a while, you should look at your numbers and be like, "Does this make sense? Like, I'm still charging I mean, this same yeah, amount for I'm, this cutting board, this table." But I'm looking at my numbers, double? but I'm not doing like spreadsheets and and analysis mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That seems like overkill for what I'm doing. Yeah, no, and obviously you don't. Well, here's the thing: it, it can make sense and i mean large companies do this all the time where they actually look at their numbers they look at what's costing them what and they figure out where they can improve yeah uh where they can make money like multi-million dollar companies look at this stuff and they they're okay where can we save pennies on on yeah, a certain thing and but that will add up that's the thing right? it adds up so for uh, a lot of us you know yes it can add up in certain ways it's good to look at these numbers once in a while but like you know the large companies are looking for pennies. We're looking for dollars in savings per thing. So, I like that. you know, if something makes a small difference, we're really not going to change our, like, you know, I like this type of box when I ship better. It's got a nice finish to it. It feels really solid. The cheaper ones feel cheaper and I don't want to use those. Like for us, like, you know what? I'll absorb an extra 10 cents a package. Like that's fine. Yes, it'll add up. But like when you're talking about a million packages in a year, that starts really adding up. But when you're talking about a hundred of that box being sent out in a year, yes, it still makes a difference, but it's not going to tip the needle. And if you want a certain quality of something, it it makes sense to keep that. So yeah, I mean, look at those numbers once in a while. I think it's good to look at what things are costing you um, or even just like figuring out what like cost of your time is for certain things. Because especially with woodworking, like what does it cost you to sand something for an hour? You know, it's hard to dial that in, but like if you figure out that like this little side table took you 12 hours to make, like how much of that was each part of the process and like, is it worth for you to do? Are you selling that for a hundred bucks, you know, uh, or are you selling that for $1,200 and now that kind of makes sense for you to do it. 
So it's okay to look at those numbers, but don't kill yourself. Like, don't go over the top. Um, but yeah, but review them once in a while. Like, I will say this. Yeah. I'm going to interject one. Yeah, please real interject. Um, I did take a look at like, so we use the, the drum sander a lot in my operation, especially when it comes to zero clearance inserts. Uh, I will cut them on the CNC and then I drum sand them to the perfect thickness and that gets me to where I want. So I was using 80 grit and I decided we should try 120 grit. It doesn't sound like a huge difference, but like I went from a, a, a non-finished surface to a finished surface by saving a little bit of time with with zero cost. So like I, I did the analysis kind of like in my head and it the 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 cost savings was negligible, but the time saving was like yeah. a huge, huge factor there. It's just something I did recently, which I hadn't brought up before. So that actually kind of makes sense now. Sorry, Mike. You can go now. Mike and Mike. Sorry. Um, so I'm like the owner and I do all the marketing. And I'm the sales guy and I'm There's the main a shop. Munchkin person. running around your truck. I keep seeing people run around in your background. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I do all these things and like more like lately these days, it feels like I'm doing sales all the time. Like I'm selling all the time lately. And so I'm the estimating department too. So I have to bid on all these jobs that we're doing. And honestly, like I'm bidding a lot of work and I'm not questioning my bidding, but I want to know, I want, I'm, I'm at this point now where I'm like, I need to see that I'm doing this well. And I feel like I've been, I've been I mean, I feel like I'm pricing my work right, but so I've actually been job costing materials now, which I can do with my software that I have with Jobber. Um, I can like cost things over and we can tie things. We give like costing codes now. My bookkeeper helps does that now. That's what she does. Like when I have an item we buy, like I today I just went and bought like 32 pairs of undermount slides for like four jobs we're doing. And I mean, those are 35 bucks a pair. I mean, that's a lot of money, you know, 32 times 35, whatever that is, thousand bucks. You know, I had to like, cost that out between four jobs or something. So, cause I am pretty sure I factored that in when I did the quote, but I want to start seeing that. Like if I make, if I'm missing some of these things and I know what I pay for plywood, I know what I play. We use all, this is for cabinet work. I, we use all maple ply, you know, I mean with pieces of furniture, like table pieces and stuff, a lot of like tables, a lot of it's like slabs. So I can't like, pull a price out. I can pull a safe number out, but I try to actually not make too much money on the on the slabs. So I usually what I'll do is I'll call my slab yards and have them get me pictures and prices. And then I'll present the pictures to the client and tell them, hey, this is how much the slab is. And I only mark it up like 15% um, because I'm not trying to make trying to money on the wood. I'm just trying to make money on the labor and yeah. the actual product. So, um, so we cost all those things over and that's what I'm starting to do now to like see that stuff. Basically, it's just like a more in-depth P&L profit and loss sheet for the business. And, but I need to do that because I need to know that we're doing these things right. Because like the constant stress of, oh, I have employees and like, I have to make sure that they have a job and I can't mess that stuff up. It's, it's a lot of pressure and responsibility. So, um, I'm trying to make sure I'm good. at. I feel like we're good about it, but yes, the bottom line is, is I do analyze those things and I'm hyper analytical of that stuff. 
also like processes and procedures. Like Dan said, things as simple as changing up a grit, like it'll save you yeah. so much. Um, that's what those machines do. Um, it's good. You got to look for things like that, especially when you're, especially when you're batching stuff out. Um, I mean, I've got a contract with a big national retailer and they cut projections on me. And honestly, like the job isn't even worth it anymore. Like I, I we, I ran the numbers on this most recent order I got for it. And I'm like, oh man, I'm literally not making any money on it. Like after I pay my employees, my margin is like 0.1%. So that means we have to make zero mistakes during fabrication for me to make 0.1%, to profit 0.1%. And the odds of that are pretty minimal. Oh, there's already a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. He's already negative. (laughs) We're, we're We're at the finishing process and I'm like, oh, the guys put on... They need these front lips and the the piece, and they put ash instead of white oak on one Ooh. of them. So we have to rip it off and redo it, and it's just super frustrating. So, I feel that. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, you got to evaluate those things. So I mean, super long answer. I do this often. This is why I don't do Etsy. I have a specific dollar amount that my shop has to make per hour, and like, there's a certain like Dan's got a more um, flexible situation so it makes more it's it, it it's good for that for dan's situation is more flexible yeah dan's situation is more flexible right now and uh he's able to take on i i liked doing those things they were fun other than having to deal with like the dummies on etsy oh, like etsy dude, dummies are unbelievable but like <laughs> it's just like the worst clientele on the planet but like actually making those things are fun like i kind of miss doing some of those smaller runs of things but i can't even justify it anymore like we have to hit a certain like I can't even look at projects under a certain dollar amount and I won't go into that, but like, I can't look at them anymore. Like I can't, I have to be like, nah, it's not for me. So, um, it's just a weird position to be in. So yeah, constantly evaluating that stuff. And like, even if I was like, even if we were like had a tough month, if I took on that work, it would put me in a worse situation than if I hadn't <clears throat> taken on that work. It's such a wild place to be in, like taking on like you'd think in your head like, oh, well, any work is better than no work. And it's like, no, sometimes it's actually not better than no work. Sometimes it actually hurts things really bad. So anyway. Hey, I just got a sale on Etsy. That's Yay. Um, <laughs> so we got a double. It's like only digital files. It's like literally that's all I get. It's like. It's I need like to a, put up more digital files. It's yeah. like $900 a month in digital files I'm over there. <laughs> um, that's a cup of coffee. No, I love day. it. Yeah. No, at 900 bucks a month for digital files? I'm super happy about it. Are you kidding me? That's great. That's great. That's solid. That's a one and done thing. Day. You don't even hmm. have to do anything. Yeah, that pays for like, you know, either the Although you get the, the uh, you get the rando from Etsy that's like, well, I was expecting uh, an insert. No, you bought the digital file for $5. I expected an entire flat, yeah. slab flattening whoa, 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 whoa. jig for $3.99. Does it come with a sauce house. top for $3? <laughs> I, had a, I had a guy buy a... Uh, a digital file for a miter saw insert, and he was expecting the miter saw. Like, bro, I believe it. You're literally True story. dumb. <laughs> True story. Sorry, bud. Yeah, you're you're the dumbest person on the planet. But you know anyway, who's not the dumbest person on the planet? Our patrons. Our patrons are amazing, and so not oh, the dumbest. Doctor Porkenheimer. Doctor. <laughs> he makes the best boner juice on the planet. <laughs> Top tier, middle grade patron. Top. Mm. Top tier, middle, middle grade. Middle, That's middle my tier, top grade patron. <laughs> what? I don't know. What is happening? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Pete's upper slosh, middle guys. class. He's had like 17 bourbons. And no, it's his, tried it's to his fight. birthday week. I've had seven beers. Okay. 
Oh, near beers? I don't know, but they're uh, 60 minute IPAs. They're uh, strong. No, those are real beers. <laughs> they're um strong. They're <laughs> oh, it's only six percent. That's like coward numbers. <laughs> Whatever. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, but Mike, as as a birthday gift to me, can you do one favor for me? Can you do the outro? Sure. Right now? I mean, when, whenever you're ready for it. Sure, I'll do are it. We, are we? Yeah. Is, I mean, we actually this is Pete's way of numbers. saying we need to shut the oh, show no, down. <laughs> well, guys, I'm going to pass out. We need to do the outro. Oh, no, I am wide awake. <laughs> I am wide awake. Oh, which clearly. Which is Australian well, for awake. Are my favorite characters <laughs> in Star Wars. The Awakes. Yeah, the Awakes. Um, <laughs> they're their own planet and everything. They're the, yeah, the Awakes. They're so good. Yeah, Dan, you want to like talk about your like other ways? I mean, that's pretty interesting. Your ways you've optimized your shop for Etsy and stuff like that. I think that's. Well, I mean, we're we're early on time here. Oh yeah, we oh, are. I don't going. know why yeah, Pete's yeah. trying to shut it oh, down. Oh no, because I, th- I thought awkward. Mike was like <laughs> shoehorning us into the outro and was just trying to get us no, to shut up. Okay, in that case, let's talk Etsy. So step one. Yeah, Dan, go. Dan, what what do you, what other things have you done like that'll help? I mean, other than learning two years into it that you can have a uh, use pirate ship <laughs> uh. <laughs> pirate ship has been super helpful um i i will say i will say it's bitten me in the butt a few times so i i build in the the shipping costs for those sea tables that i sell i i sell i sell probably 10 of those a month now which isn't it's not like that's, amazing that's numbers but it's nice um and i build in the costs for the shipping of those things However, I don't factor in that I'm going to ship a lot to Alaska, but I've shipped two to Alaska this yeah. month. What the heck? You need to change. You need to change that. In the, in dude, the listing, dude, I ship one to uh, 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 Anchorage, Alaska, and with pirate ship and everything, it was still 150 bucks. Come on, he stop buying Holy stuff up smokes. there. Good lord! <laughs> Come on, he's got like. He's why so are people in Alaska buying these things? There's like a P- there's like a post office in Juneau with like 40 of them just waiting for someone to come grab them. <laughs> um, yeah, pirate ship has helped a lot, but uh, I think the the second CNC has actually been crazy, crazy helpful because we can do we can do inserts all day long mm-hmm. on the smaller CNC, and I can use I can utilize the bigger CNC, the Journeyman, for my harebrained ideas or the C tables because we cut all the C tables on the CNC now. Yeah. I don't. I'm not batching out those C tables with the the box joints on the table saw. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So we cut them all out on the uh, CNC. So that's been. Wouldn't it be faster on the table saw though? No. If you had that, like, if you bought that I box jig. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're so quick. Maybe, but I mean, the... I think it's like two hundred bucks, dude. If you like knock, if you bought that thing and you had. I feel like you could do them way faster no. on, the, on that than the CNC. I can do a panel in 10 minutes on the CNC. I feel like you could do a panel on that thing in like one But here's the thing. The I can too. stretch and do whatever I need to get whatever size I need because I do allow people I do allow people to make a custom size because not everybody's oh, so couch you're is changing the, your fingers a lot. Yes, not everybody's couch is the same. So when you stretch when you stretch the width in a spire, everything kind of like stays the same. So the gap remains the same and everything stays tight and I don't have to worry about it. So it's just, okay. it's pretty and simple. And you're on the not having to team. do it. Yeah. Yeah, robot does it. And other than that, my shop isn't really like maximized for Etsy. 
I think the well, the the grit on the drum sander I mean, is probably like mostly the, shop. I mean, the biggest thing I've done in the last five months. So I I kind of want to talk about this because you Mike brought up a good point and you did too, Dan. It's like you know he's asking you like how have you optimized your stuff and uh, well almost everything you make aside from digital files and a couple of offhand things is it's still despite the CNC requiring a lot of input from you, right? Like some kind yeah. of you know, finishing, sanding, setup, uh, cutting sure. out, so whatever. I have, so I I have a full time job. It it's hard for me to get in a shop some days. Yeah, yeah, I I do. Oh. Uh, yeah, I have a strawberry shop that I sell strawberries on the side of the road. Yeah, <laughs> That's nice. uh, it depends on what's in season. So basically, Honey like do melons. It, no, no, that, that's the devil, devil fruit. No, no, but the thing is, I have since like the boobs. beginning get them out of here. Like my whole thing, and and I've always felt very awkward about talking about this because my brain thinks of it as because I grew up and like, well, if you're not moving, you're lazy. Like that type of mentality, because that's just how I grew up. Like if you're not working every day of the of your life, and then you die one day, like you're you're a lazy person. So I always think of it as the lazy way, but in reality, it's just trying to be the most efficient as possible. Um, I'm very, I went into small scale manufacturing because I like that I can design something and then a, a robot or machine can pump it out with minimal input from my, from me. And that's why Mike's CNC business has, has blown up and allowed him to like be more efficient with other stuff he does. But like the thing is I've been trying to find a way to make like 3d print stuff, design it. And I just print it and pre-print it sometimes and have it ready. So when somebody orders it. I just grab it off the shelf and throw it oh, in yeah. the box. You I know, do that with the bow ties. Yeah, and like, and it's a great way to be efficient. When you offer too many choices, sometimes it slows you down. So sometimes you have to dial right. it back. Like I have people that ask me all the time that are like, not all the time, but like I've, that have asked me multiple times, "Hey, how come you don't offer offer the Dewalt and yellow and Milwaukee tool holders in red?" Oh yeah, because of the time. The time I have to stock the different colors. I have to make sure I have the supplies, whatever. But I no, I can just get. The, Could you do that with that X one now? Uh, I can, I'm, but I'm legitimately asking. I nope, don't know. I, I don't totally know can because it has the the tool changer. But the thing is, like, I'm st- that that's become my prototype machine. I use it for daily printing for stuff I want. But the the all the parts that I'm ch- churning out for people are still getting printed on a Prusas. Because they're all on an SD card that it's a master. It's got all the all the the daily prints that I need to do. Everything I sell is on one SD card that's cloned 12 times for every printer. So I just have it ready. So like thinking of ways you can be the most efficient, like making a laser cut file and I just go in and I cut one or I cut five. It doesn't matter. It costs, it, it, you know, cost me almost nothing in extra time because I could just press play on a, on a, on a laser and whether I'm cutting one or five, I'm able to step away for actually more of the time if the laser's cutting longer and work on something else. And then they're already ready to go. So there is ways to like make yourself more efficient if you can find a way to make the machines work for you. But if you get yourself too heavily involved in the process, you're losing your hourly rate. And I didn't learn my hourly rate until I really got to know Mike. Because Mike knows his hourly rate for every part of the process. Whether it's sanding, milling, whatever, he knows what his time is. I know my hourly rate. And I know, but like Mike's very five. <laughs> oh God. Oh poor, poor Caleb. Enough to buy a Casey's pizza. Federal minimum wage. Yeah. One a month. <laughs> That's it. 
Um, but like Mike has a, a great way of like he he literally tracks all of it. He found a way to calculate all this time, and I can sell cutting boards. I can do inserts too, and bow ties and all this stuff. No, like not. You better not dig, do inserts. Not I'll come after you. But like, there's plenty of stuff that I make all the time for other customers that I have no interest in making one-offs when a customer orders it because it'll take me two hours or three hours to make it. And then I'm going to sell it for $30. Yeah. I get, I get requests like that all the time. Hey, can you do uh, a one-off insert for this saw that nobody else has because it's 30 years old? Yeah. No, I I can't. I mean, I, I could, I could, if we talked back and forth and I got all the measurements. $750. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's just not worth my time, so and I just say, no, I can't. Exactly, I can't. and then long story short, I can't even is, like charge. I can't even. You have, no, like just to, to to like to Mike's point is like you have to make sure it's worth your time because too many of us are making cutting boards out there, and each cutting board's costing us two, three, five, twelve hours because we're not good at it or we're not efficient with our time. If you spend two hours sanding a board to perfection and let the get the glass finish, and then you sell it for ninety dollars, you're literally negative that reminds me i just watched a youtube video and i can't remember who it was but it was a woodworker and he was talking about how he got his business to be a million dollar business right and i watched this whole thing and he's talking about how the only people that care about the finish of a cutting board are other woodworkers. woodworkers he sands his boards to 120 and he doesn't even finish them and he sells hundreds and hundreds a month to people that don't know any better. People that don't care. They're not woodworkers. They don't they don't care about the finish. Yeah. They just want something that's wood and pretty. Hmm. I mean, my, it's, it's, my it, that 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 mindset is like foreign to me. I did I didn't even think about I mean, it until I watched your, that. I mean, know your end user for know sure. Know your end user. I mean, know your worth. Important, like, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'll have to find yeah, that video like, and and send it to Pete. Maybe he can link. It's it really my... hard for me to take a job that that I can't bill a whole day for. I can't go less than a day on a billing. Yeah. Like it's really hard for me to go less than a day, and that's twelve hundred dollars for a day's work. So that's what our rate is. I mean, I'll just be straight up with the numbers here. Like we're, the shop rate is one hundred fifty dollars an hour. That's what we're at now. We charge. I charge one hundred fifty dollars an hour, and it's like it, I bill everything. I don't even like Pete was in my pricing class. Everything was done by the – I don't even do it by the hour anymore. I do it by the day now. Yeah. Like it makes it so much easier. Like that's a day's work. If I look at something and go, that's two days work. You have to be and brutal goes, with it. Like if you're trying to run it like a business, I you have to I'll be go brutal out of business. with the numbers. Like, yeah, and you, know, got, like, you I, got employees you have to pay. You have marks you have to meet. Well, it's, yeah. just, it's just like you feel bad, but you can't. Like you yeah. have to be like, yeah, I mean I understand it. Like, yeah, that's a lot of Listen, money for a nice We thing. all have like, hobbies. Whether you grand. want to play the I new Zelda like, game for, for eight hours a day for the next month or you want to go make a bunch of cutting boards, whatever, that's up to you. And like how you Zelda. use that time. No, I know, but like – or GTA for you. But like how you use that time, it's fine. It you can option. totally make a bunch of cutting boards at no profit it's still money. Like it's your time. You chose to use that time for that. But if you start thinking of it as a business, you really got to start looking problem. at those numbers. That's the problem with woodworking is when it's not the problem with woodworking. That's the thing with woodworking is when you're trying to do it as a business, it's probably like this with every other thing. It absolutely is. Yeah. But like, there's always someone who will do it for, for cheap. cheaper. I and ran so into like that in the photography yourself, world. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you did. Like, you have to take yourself out of that market. Like, I don't want to sell cutting boards because there's. I have to sell one 
for like 500 bucks yeah. for it to make sense. Unless I'm selling 100, then I can do them for like 60 I bucks. said this I, like I, uh, a month ago, so, but I was like, whether you make one or 10, it almost takes the same amount of time. Because you have to prep yeah, everything like for, for a cutting board. Because yeah. it's just, you might as well. <laughs> you might At that point, you just a little bit more money in wood. So uh, I ran into that problem in the photography world. I, you know, I shot weddings for a living and I averaged probably $3,000 to $3,500 a wedding. And often I would get people that responded to my emails or my phone calls or whatever. And they would say, well, I, my cousin has a nice camera and they're going to do it for 500 bucks. Cool. It's like, okay. Okay. Cool, Why cool, did cool. you reach out to me? Have a great day. Yeah, it, like, it, it, I'm not going to cheat on that. It's the like, same thing in woodworking. You know I'm going to do it better. It's the same thing in woodworking. Take me down on the price. Get out of here. It's the same thing in woodworking. I'm doing woodworking as a living. This is my job, but you are also competing with the hobbyist that is just doing it for fun, and they don't have to make a huge profit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's it's really really like. I, lo- I love the woodworking community and I love that so many people are doing it. It's such a great thing. It's brought so much to my life. Um, it really is very frustrating when I'm trying to compete with someone who's selling something for so cheap. And I can, and then I, I see these things sometimes. <laughs> I see the things they make and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, that is worth that price that they charge. And but here's bad. the thing. Like, here's the, so here's the other made. thing. You know what you're looking at. But clients don't always see the little imperfections that you see. No, for sure. But I think that there is a clientele that you need to get yourself to, and it's hard to do, that... That's the trick. Money is not an object, and they want the best thing. And typically, that means the more expensive price, but oftentimes, they can suss out who's a scam artist and who's not. And that's typically where you're going to find people who... I mean, some people know. I mean, they're buying these expensive things and they know what's a good piece of whatever yeah. it is, whether it's woodworking or metalworking or they know quality. They just know quality. So, um, you know, sometimes there is there is a large group of people and I don't want to call this person out specifically, but there's a large group of people. I find it was me. Don't it know. was me. No, no. There, there's a lar- large group of people who just like, it's what Dan said, whoever that YouTuber was, I don't know who it was, but they don't know about what a good piece yeah. of wood should look like or what a good piece of furniture should look like so they see this there's someone who sells um in our community and they sell really just really poorly made pieces of furniture that are fundamentally not soundly constructed I mean, did it and um but they do it on volume yeah they do volume just tons of volume. yeah but didn't is he do a, like he did a, like a post or a video about um you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year selling cutting boards. I feel like Izzy did that video, if I'm remembering cor- correctly. Oh, I but, you can make a hundred thousand dollars. But here's the thing: for sure, does Izzy make a hundred thousand dollars worth of cutting boards every year? No, no chance. you can. That doesn't mean you should. Right. I can make a hundred thousand dollars pressure washing driveways. I don't do yeah. that because that's that's probably not, more money in that than uh, honestly than, than cutting boards. <laughs> Well, like, you, probably you know, it all depends on what you want to do. Like, you got to find the right market for you and, and what's worth it for you. And also if you enjoy it, because if you just like really enjoy milling lumber, you're like love 90 degree angles. That's your thing. Uh, Yeah. You probably want to make cutting boards all day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, nothing wrong with this that. This is not way, to this yeah. conversation. Yeah. This yeah. conversation is this not is to talk bad not about it. Not to talk boards. bad about it. Because I'm this I, is just, I no, because I make them still. I make them, so. I make I them all the time for, for events. Absolutely. I love making I love making them. I don't want to make them for money anymore. 
I there's no fun in it for me. That's what it is. It's like they're Um, fun to make for yourself or for a friend or whatever. You get to play around with designs. Yeah, I'm gonna go make some this week. But if you're trying to make rent an employee payroll, that's no. (laughs) You're not doing that. Just have no desire to play that game. So it's just it's just not something that I want to deal with. But but the point isn't that. There are people who make really great cutting boards who make really good money. And I Jenny and Davis. um, Oh yeah, Feldhouse. Feldhouse. Yeah, Feldhouse makes great, beautiful boards. You know, there's other people who make beautiful boards. You know, I'm not. This isn't about. This boards. is not a diss on anyone is, making cutting boards. We're just no, making the, that as like no, that's it's not easy. A, it's not a diss about yeah. anything. It's a. Di- it's more of a conversation about like knowing what your company can and your business can and yeah. can't do. Is that what the conversation? I don't know. Was? I think I we've gone into that? way into the. What well, was like this. how yeah, to make like Etsy like, efficient and stuff, but like. It, yeah, it, you need to know what your company is best suited for. That's the really important thing. And the conversation, the question about, um, uh, you know, looking at costs and, co- and cost and analysis and, and all that do. stuff. Yeah, cost analysis and stuff. I mean, it all kind of ties back in. The point is, is you need to be able to do that stuff and look at things and go like, does this make sense for me to do anymore? Yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't anymore. And sometimes you just have to pivot. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. It's okay and to that change your business. Means that you're growing. Yeah, it means that you're growing or not growing or cha- just yeah. doing. It doesn't mean if you're growing. It may not mean you're growing. It may mean that you just hit a new market. Like randomly put out some one random product. All of a sudden, now you're mostly making baseball bats. Look, <laughs> if you have like a machine like where you're just like that's cutting out all these baseball bats and like you let's say you make one random thing and it hits like it hits a niche market. <clears throat> like if I had a niche market thing that hit, yeah. you bet we're going to retool. We're going to figure out how we can make these the most efficient way possible to maximize the, uh, the profit and sell these things Coffee as quickly as possible. Coffee custom cornholes. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, so this is, this is a concept that uh, the three of us have a hard time grasping that the average bear can understand. And that is free time. Right? Like, we, we don't have free time. We have. Oh, I like, have a lot of free time. Well, hang on, but like we're very. Bi- we fill a lot of our time, and when it's free time, I work in free times, time. Don't put right, me so in that. Mike and that myself, group. even when I'm off, like when I'm off the clock, whatever, I'm free. I'm thinking about the things I want to do. The thing is, like, there's people out there that don't have any hobbies, businesses, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, they don't have hobbies, businesses. They have nothing else going on, and they're just like, I clocked out of work. I have from 4 p.m. till I fall asleep at 11 to do something. That's, you know, five, six hours. What do I do? And they're just going to make whatever. And like, you can make $500 a week, let's say, making cornhole boards, right? But if if you're putting in about 30 hours on those cornhole boards for that 500 bucks, is it worth it? It's worth it if you have the time and you're fine with it. And like, that's, I'm enjoying it, whatever. But it's, you know, we're talking... Having the time and versus hourly rate for a business. So keep that in mind as we're talking about all these numbers because it's totally fine with like, I have five extra hours every single day that I have nothing to do. My wife's at work. I'm just sitting in a shop and I'm bored. I'm yeah, going to have whatever. a family. Yeah. You're taking that time away from your family. Exactly. So, so it's all the pros and cons. So, you know, there's, it's, it's hourly, hourly rate versus free time. And there's nothing wrong with using that free time. There's not such thing as free time. Time isn't free. You can make a, a 50 hour. Time is and, the most valuable yeah, thing you 50 have. 50 hour cutting board. Make a video about it. Take your time with it. Really enjoy it. 
that's totally fine. Nothing wrong with it. But if you're trying to make a business, it's just going to be hard. That's all, all right. Anyway, you guys, I hate to like stop you all, but yeah. uh, I have to, so to poop. I don't know if no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Like I started a a race group with my trail boss, and I have to get to the DMV to get my race card. So we have to wrap. Big this thanks up. to all our patrons. We really appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we hope to uh, make a better version of ourselves for you and dan's gonna do that by picking up his race card uh anyway we're gonna be it's got racing stripes here next time yeah. let's get the race card. the race card has racing stripes what color is the card it's white with black oh no stripes. oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> what no 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 that was a trap dan uh big thanks to the patrons you guys are amazing it's thank you for supporting us awp colored <laughs> make sure you uh, share the show and put it in front of your friends and make sure that they know oh, it exists. Gosh, they're so they going to hate this episode. Don't do that. Make sure grandma oh, knows no. about us. <laughs> oh, no. Let your grandma know. Grandma's a big... A bi- she's all about the AW penis. Uh, anyway, check everyone out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Grandma's up in- top Pinterest. Patreons. TikTok. Everyone's still doing TikTok? Yelp. I'm, I'm about on that. TikTok. Uh, I'm huge over there. Leave us a review. I don't, I don't do that thing. I have 140,000 followers on TikTok for some reason. Leave I don't know why. A review. That's right. Leave us a review on Yelp. Make sure it's vague that's and confusing. Real, oh, we haven't looked at the Yelp reviews in a while. We should probably do that. That's a good idea. Uh, and nothing about Next week. carrying um, ailments. That's, that's, that's a bit from 2022. <laughs> uh, everyone, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Have a great week. Talk to you next time. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye. See ya. Love you long time.